What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Okay, so we are here now with Miss Jamie Gordon, our expert life coach, and we're going to talk about how to make a vision an actual actionable plan. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, Jamie. Thank you for having me. I'm just excited to talk about something that I'm passionate about. Well, I think, you know, when when we get to topics like this, um, one of my greatest pet peeves is like when it gets like real um, fuzzy and unicorny and all the fairies start coming out and, you know, language is used that makes some people uncomfortable just because it's so fluffy. And and yet I'm so open to all of it. Like this is such an important part of the entrepreneurial journey. And so I'm especially grateful to have your perspective delivering this information to our bombshells. So welcome. Well, thank you. You know, it's funny. The word vision is totally like granola, don't shave your armpits type <laughs> of word. And I have to tell you, I was just talking to my husband. I'm like, you know what? Like I, the word vision rubs me the wrong way, but the setting goals is not big enough. Like as a coach, like setting goals, I mean, you could set goals, but I just feel like they're recipes for shame (laughs) because I don't know about you, but like, if I say like, Oh, I'm not going to yell at my kids today. And then I yell at my kids, then I'm bad, broken and wrong because I haven't met my goals. And so the idea of setting a vision is something bigger that is calling us to action. And for me, like a vision is something that is wanting to happen. It's something that is calling you in. There's, it's not like one vision for your whole life. It's just, what am I going to focus on? What can I be specific about? What am I going to take the next six, eight, 12 weeks to focus on? And how can I be specific about those things that will require me to do in order to meet that vision? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know I've, I've mentioned this to you and I've said it on the podcast before, but um, every year my husband and I go away at at New Year's Eve time and we spend a couple of days out of town, like completely mm-hmm. away from our, our reality. And we talk about our vision and what we want for the year for our businesses and, our, for, and for our family. And I do set specific goals for, mm-hmm. for business, but they're lost without the context of the vision. Mm-hmm. And I embrace now, and you know what a perfectionist I am. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace now that sometimes I can be working towards those goals and I have to pivot, but in light of what the vision is, it still works and it still fits. So I don't feel like a failure or like, oh, I didn't hit that measure because, you know, just for the sake of it, when things shift and change throughout the year, especially, you know, things pivot so quickly in the entrepreneurial world. Um, It's not like we're meeting these corporate goals or anything. I mean, this is our Mm -hmm. our day-to-day life. So I like how you approach that. 
Absolutely. Because if you think about it, having those specific goals, the idea of pivoting is actually uh, creativity and flexibility. That's something that is required and necessary to meet your vision. If we are so rigid that we have to meet this goal in a certain way, then when we ca- when obstacles come and we can't do it the way that we thought should be done, then it shuts us down. But if we have the creativity to go, okay, that didn't work. So what's wanted and needed for me to move forward towards my vision and not look at it as failure, but an opportunity to grow and learn. Love that. What is wanted and needed? It's not about saying, oh, I didn't hit the mark and like dredging out all of your mommy and daddy issues. <laughs> Absolutely. wanted and needed for my life as an adult. That's right. Because shame will shut you down. It stops you in your tracks. It is a dead end road. But if you look at the possibilities like, okay, so I didn't meet this goal. No bad. No wrong. I'm not broken. I just need to go what's wanted and needed to move forward. Yeah. And that it opens up doors of possibilities. One thing that I've always said to all of my teams, and I, I think I've even said it to y'all as experts, is um, we're not saving babies here. I mean, we're doing business. Like this is not this. We are not yep. out in in a war zone. We are just running a business, and it's going to be okay. I think that's a, a great perspective to take. So with with. Out a short-term vision for what we want to do on the flip side what would happen well without a vision we just settle there's a great quote by Soren Kierkegaard that I love people settle for a level of despair they can tolerate and call it happiness oh say that one more time people settle for a level of despair they can tolerate and call it happiness like, if that doesn't kick you in the teeth, I don't know what will. I think I'm going to put that somewhere in my office. That is that is so good. You know, one of the things that I say all the time and, and my husband reminds me of is never settle. I mean, ever. That is, life is so short and we've unfortunately dealt with significant loss and every, everything can be done tomorrow. And then what does it matter? And you've settled. Like, that's that's not a that's not a thing. But when times get tough... Um, or when you just want a project off your plate, <laughs> it's kind of easy to be like, oh, that's good enough. Good enough. Ship it. And it's absolutely, it's settling. So I think I might frame that in. And that's human. Yeah. Oh, we got, we have a, who, who do we have in the background here, Jamie? Sorry, that is my son. <laughs> that is, uh, one of the reasons why I love being a life coach because it's flexible and I do all my calls over the phone. So there's no obstacles between me being a mom and also my clients and their lives. Okay. So let's even just talk about that with your short-term visions when you're a mom or when life happens, like one of our really good friends is dealing with um, her father who is in very poor health right now. And she's a small business owner and you know, she's had to put things on hold. So you have this vision and then life happens. Then what? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about surrender. If we can surrender to what is that we have no control over, possibilities open up, creativity is there, and then it's not, oh man, my goal, I'm a failure, shame, and shut down. It's, hey, look what's coming from it. What are the possibilities? Like your friend who's dealing with a sad situation that's real life, 
She can't change the fact that her father is ill, but she can pivot and think, what do I want in this season while I have my dad? Hmm. You know, what is it that I want to create? What short-term vision can I have with my dad? Maybe it's I want to have strong connections with him. I want to not look back and regret uh, not spending the time with him that I needed. And how can I make my life work and my business work while still having that connection and intimacy with my father who may not be around for very long? Yeah, it's all about how you frame it and how you, I would like how you said, um, what was it, embracing you, you had a really mm. good word for it. Surrender. Surrender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surrender to the fact that your child is going to come into to the office. <laughs> Surrender That's right. to the fact that they're only that that small right. one time. I say that right. all the time too. It's like my son is 15. He'll be 16 in December. And I know I could go out and truly conquer the world. I'm quite confident of what I'm capable of. But in light of the fact that I have three summers left with my son, Mm-hmm. It's not happening. I'm not doing it. I'm not. Absolutely. I'm not staying on the road. And and so as we create these visions, short term or long term, we need to take into consideration what do we want, not just from our businesses, but in light of our lives, because that's why we do what we do. Absolutely. And even just the uh, idea of my son interrupting us, it's opens up a possibility for some of your listeners who are like, oh, that's great. You guys can be successful, but you don't have 14 kids that are interrupting you or you don't have my circumstances. And in reality, we all have life. We all have things that we want to accomplish. We all have longings and desires. We all have areas of our life that we don't feel fulfilled in. And it's not hopeless. And we're not the victims. Absolutely. So good. Not the victims. Not the victims. That's huge too. So absolutely. How is, um, so we're, we're setting goals. You're, you're putting together, you know, you could do the whole, like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this goal happen. And here's all the different ways that I'm going to accomplish that. When, when you create the basic components of a vision, how is that different than like the typical goal setting process? Okay, so my little formula that I like to use is I like to be very, very specific, right? Like the power is in the specifics because our brain works like a heat-seeking missile. As soon as we focus on something, that's where our energy goes. It's kind of like, I don't know, like when I was pregnant, all of a sudden I saw pregnant women everywhere. Like I didn't notice them before, but all of a sudden they were on my radar. Or you buy a car and you're like, I'm the only person who has like a Honda Civic. And then you see 14 of them on your drive home. Right. It's because your brain, (laughs) it has to filter the information. It's processing so much information that's coming in. It has to put some limits on it so you don't go crazy. So when the point of the vision is to be super specific of what it will require and by when and using the idea of what you want, not what you don't want. So like if your vision like is to have a uh, connected relationship with your teenager, the goal isn't to stop yelling at them, right? Mm -hmm. Your goal would be, I'm going to like one of the specific things that you would commit to would be, I'm going to be a generous listener. I'm going to have dinner with them three times a week. I'm going to commit to get into one area that they're interested in and learn about it so that we have something to discuss. 
Like there's a thousand options, right? And only you know what they are, what those like pressure points in that relationship might be. And I've got teenagers too, so I'm speaking to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's the idea is that the power is in the specifics. So what I do is I start with a date. And usually it's like six, nine, three months, like you get to pick a date. And you would say, my vision, by this date, I'm committed to have blank done, right? By this date, I'm going to have a connected, intimate relationship with my teenager. By this date, I'm going to be healthy. Uh, By this date, I'm going to take responsibility for my finances. Whatever the situation that, or the vision that you have that you want to work on short term, that would be like your date. Then you would take that and you would say, what are the action steps I need to make that happen? You have to have the action steps. You have to have the reason why you want it because obstacles will pop up. That's life. So if you have the action steps, okay, so I want to... Uh, have a connected relationship with my teenager, then your action steps may be like, I will listen generously. I will make sure that I am done with work at this time so I can make it to their sporting event. I will, what is that going to require? I might have to talk to my boss in order to leave in time to get to the, right? So you have all the specifics of all those roadblocks that pop into your mind of why you can't have it, right? And you write the antidote for each of those problems. Right. Right. And then like, so if you're committed to that goal, then you think like, okay, what, what, what does it require of me emotionally? What is the posture of the heart that's needed for me to see this vision come into reality? And like for me right now, my vision is, I have a lot of components to my vision, but the posture of heart that it's needed is for me to be respectful respectful of myself, respectful of others and respectful of objects. And that goes to a lot of like organizational stuff. I am not a planner like you, Amber. (laughs) So I have to uh, put it on my radar screen because it normally wouldn't be there. I would just hit myself over the head when I fail instead of looking at what is wanted and needed for me to get to where I want to be. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, it really does. And and I like that you have such um, the way that you frame things is beautiful. And I love words too much. Ask my favorite PR professor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the posture of the heart, that mm. that is something that really it, it creates a visual because it's not like you need an attitude adjustment. It's a question. What's the posture of your heart on this topic? Mm-hmm. If the posture of your heart is open, if it's empathetic, if it is, um, if it's yearning for back to your example, a relationship, an intimate relationship with your teenager, then it becomes a matter of choice. When you go into your boss's office and you say on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm going to come in a little bit early, but I am out the door at this time. And so what I'm going to need from you is if you need something from me, that you, that you get that to me in plenty of time so that I can have it completed for you by you know, 515 or whatever that is, because the posture of your heart is in alignment with the, with the vision of that relationship with your child. And it's not in the relationship with your boss. Absolutely. And if you can just wrap your mind around, like I, like if you state it from the future as if it has happened, right? I am connected to my teenager. How can I make that true today? If I'm connected to my teenager, 
then that conversation with my boss is not a uh, scary thing, right? I'm coming from the future where I'm already connected to my teenager and I'm committed to having it happen. And I'm willing to offer myself grace when I don't meet my expectations, right? But I'm willing to go and have that conversation with my boss and not be the victim of my work circumstance or the traffic or my husband or my teenager. But I can take full ownership of what I bring to the relationship. Yeah, good. So good. You know, we we all say, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish my life was more like this. I wish that my relationship was more like this. Mm. It's like, why are you wasting all the energy wishing? Like, <laughs> if, you put all, right. if you put all that energy into doing and just right. taking small steps, what would that look uh, like in the future? Absolutely. If we could just cut out wish and want, <laughs> it, right? Well, and should. I'd like to kill that one. Yeah, me but, too. <laughs> uh, but if we could just switch it from wish and want to I commit to. Mm. man, that would be a big deal. Because if you can keep a commitment to yourself and trust yourself to keep that commitment, can you imagine what would happen? Like the shift in perspective and the increase in your results. So let's talk about that because I I know I have some visions and some goals and, and things, things do happen. And, um, and, and, you know, the external circumstances, the internal, um, roadblocks that we create for ourselves, how do you handle that? I mean, how do you show grace to yourself when, when you say, oh, I'm not, you know, what I want is to, you know, be healthy and be fit. Um, but what I chose for lunch was a bowl of macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Like, right. How do you handle that? (laughs) Absolutely. Right. I think of it. First of all, is it's an opportunity, right? Which I know you can eye roll, but it's an opportunity because you get to ask yourself, why was that the best choice? Why did I see that as the best? We always operate by the the idea that we choose what is best for us, even though you're like, we okay, I know if a salad is better for me, but I chose the macaroni and cheese. There was something in it that I thought was a better choice than the salad. And so if you can explore that, follow that rabbit, you know, hole down, there's going to be some sort of gold that -hmm. you can apply to, you know, how we do one thing is how we do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So if we can just follow that down and then the idea of, I love my favorite phrase is go again, right? Okay. I broke that commitment. I'm going to be curious about why I broke that commitment. I'm going to shut down some limiting beliefs I have about my commitment. And then I'm going to go again. I'm human, Right. We're supposed to mess up. We're not perfect. We're not walking on water. Like we're allowed to make mistakes. We get to pivot and decide what is more important than the previous commitment we just made. Right. Because life does happen. Right. A kid gets sick. A car breaks down. Like there are legitimate things that reasons why we have to pivot. But we can honor our commitments or we can give ourselves grace and the ability to go again and not shame ourselves for having missed the mark. Yeah. Cause the goal is not perfection. Right. Cause that's not, that's not real. <laughs> that's, it does not exist. It Although doesn't exist I would in nature. Love for it to exist, but it does not. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the imperfection is part of what I appreciate. Um, I like even visually, I like, um, you know, rust in design and I like variegated flowers and variegated leaves. Like I love the imperfection and, 
And that leads me to a question that bubbled up for me just on a personal level. You get to life coach me real quick. Um, so I have a very rebellious spirit. I know that shocks all of my listeners, um, <laughs> but I do. I'm very rebellious. So the minute that I feel like I'm boxed in, I automatically want out of that box. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is how it has to be. Game on. I'm going to do everything but that. So mm-hmm. how, when you're working towards goals that you've identified or visions that you've identified for yourself and you have that rebel, like God made me that way, natural, it's not, I mean, that's part of my personality type. How mm-hmm. do you, how do you, I don't want to say manage, but how do you flow with who you are at your core? Well, first I want to challenge the word rebellious because yeah. rebellious to me has a negative connotation. And what if it is just that you are a creative original thinker and that to be boxed in doesn't sit well with the way God made you, right? Like that there's no bad. What if that's actually perfect? And then right. Like, because I'll tell you what, the reason why there's a lot of benefits that come from that, you know, quote unquote rebellious spirit, um, is that you aren't afraid to strike out on your own and to find new ways to do things. And the fact that, you are where you are is because that you are a free thinker. And so like the idea that you have to do it a certain way, I would just challenge that as a life coach. I would reframe it as that. It's not a rebelliousness that it's, are you being true to your heart? And if that is not who you are, then what is another way that you can do it still achieve your goals, but do it in a way that is true to who you are and who you're called to be. That's a good point. You know, it's funny because um, Sally Hogshead, who is the inventor of the Fascination Advantage system, a system that I'm certified in, used to call one of the seven advantages rebellion. Mm. And so I was a catalyst, which was passion and rebellion. And that really resonated with me, that word. Mm -hmm. And then she changed it because it wasn't corporate friendly because nobody wants to be labeled in a corporate world as the rebellious one. (laughs) Or maybe actually the rebellious ones did, but the bosses did not want to refer to people as rebellious um, or share the wrong idea. So she changed that word to innovation. So now as a catalyst, my primary is passion and my secondary is innovation. Mm -hmm. So exactly what you just said is exactly what Sally Hogshead did. So good, good reframe there, Jamie. Uh, I love it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) So um, if somebody doesn't know what they need to, how to vision or where to even begin, or maybe they're just overwhelmed with life and business. I know most bombshells have a million responsibilities like you and I both do Mm -hmm. in their families and communities and their businesses and everything. If they don't know where to start, where would you recommend them beginning? Okay. I've got two ways I think of it. First is a dream. Like if you started a sentence, journal, get out a piece of paper. And if you're not a journaler, you can, you know, voice memo. But in a perfect world, blank, what would be happening for you? What would happen in or what would I regret in 10, 15, 20 years? If I didn't do this, this is what I would regret. And if you still are coming up blank, I would look for like what's not working. Often our visions are birthed out of what's not working in our lives a pain point that we have, something that is just not making us happy or fulfilled. And that can lead us to our vision. So like if you say, man, my finances are like out of control and I'm so stressed out and I'm just like terrified to even look at it, right? 
your vision could be that I am uh, responsible for my finances. By this day, I will be responsible for my finances, right? It doesn't mean that your finances, you're out of debt and everything's fixed, but it means that I will have dealt with all of the, maybe the phone calls I'm dodging. Maybe I've talked to all of the uh, vendors that I owe money or maybe employees that you are in a situation where you need to, you owe them money. But like dealing with it instead of like sticking the head in the sand. <laughs> so out of, so out of the pain comes the vision or my husband and I are roommates. This sucks. Like he comes home, he's so quiet, he's on the TV, right? Poor me, I'm the victim. Um, and that's, it's not working for me, right? So your vision could be, I have a connected, intimate relationship with my husband. So then you would have a date by which this would be true and come from the future and say, I have intimate conversations with my husband. We take advantage of the time we have instead of watching TV three nights a week or whatever it is that you feel like would be opportunities. And if you're having trouble finding opportunities, I encourage you reach out to a life coach. You can like speak into your life or a friend that's not going to just like pussyfoot around and call you like the victim, but will challenge you and give you um, insight into what you are doing to contribute to that misery that you're living and calling it happiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I love, I'm a huge, huge, huge Brene Brown fan. And, um, who isn't? Yeah, I know. Like <laughs> if you're breathing and you don't love Brene Brown, I don't understand you, but, yeah. um, she says vulnerability is a birthplace of innovation. And, and I think, well, it's the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change is the full mm -hmm. quote. But, um, you know, as you were talking, you were talking about like the bills and who all you owe. And it just, it sent me back. And, and I talk about some of this in my book, The Bombshell Businesswoman at, at the very beginning. Uh, but it sent me back to when I was just a broke single mom and I owed everybody everything and the phone did ring. And, and it was, you know, I never knew if I could just, if my car was going to get repossessed or not. And so for a while you stick your head and in the sand, just thinking, maybe if I just don't look at the monster, it'll turn around and go away. But the minute that I got vulnerable about it and, and was like, okay, I'm going to be responsible for this. And what do I want? The, what do I want out of life? What mm -hmm. do I want? I want to not have bill collectors call me. I want to know where my rent payment is coming from. <laughs> like I want these things for my life. And I started becoming vulnerable, which is not my strongest. Mm-hmm way of uh, doing life. But I just I would tell tell my um, creditors like, hey, I'm, I'm working my full time job this week. So this is how much I'll make this week. Um, I'm wa waiting tables two nights a week, and I'm cleaning my boss's camper on this day. And so total, this is what I have. And then this is mm -hmm. what I'm going to do, because I have to pay this and I have to pay that. And so by my estimation, by Friday, I can give you this much money. Do you know how much people worked with me because I was just so transparent and vulnerable about what was and how how much I showed that, yes, I understand this is where my life is right now, but I don't want to be here. This is, my plan is not to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fact that, like, if you notice, it's the posture of the heart, right? You chose to be vulnerable and brave, might I add, to face all of the creditors to explain what was going on. And that is not the first story that I've heard 
in that exact same category about if you are vulnerable and willing to look at it and take actionable steps towards that goal, like people are understanding things open up, right? Like where you focus is where, you know, where your energy goes is where things happen. Yeah. So I, it's amazing. It, it, Cause it was no longer a company or a creditor and some, some number on the books. It became a person at the company dealing with Amber. Mm-hmm. And together we were able to get me through that season. <laughs> Absolutely. And like there's the fear of what is, is nine times out of 10. Man, that fear of what is, is much worse than the actual thing. Oh, yeah. And, and even it, the fear of going in and talking to your boss about things. Your boss could be totally clueless. I mean, just not even think about the fact that you are missing your kid's Mm-hmm. softball practice, I mean, it, or softball games or whatever it is that they play. I mean, if you went in there and said that, they, they, oh my gosh, I used to play and my daughter played and she made it all the way through college. I mean, you just don't know. Like we think about where the boogie monster's hi- hi- hiding, but we never think mm-hmm. about like what we might find at the end of the rainbow. Right. And we don't realize that we're most times making up the boogie monster ourselves. Oh yeah. You know, and that can just steal our joy and make us settle for what is instead of risking just a little bit to have a life of abundance. Yeah, so good, Jamie. This is so good. I know we've gone a little bit longer than we typically do, but I think this is so important and in a, in a huge reason why I asked Jamie, Jamie, <laughs> <laughs> why I asked Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Um, <laughs> She hangs up the phone and she jams. Um, The reason why I asked Jamie to be a part of this is because I have observed her vulnerability on social media. We've been friends for years, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, And and how she approaches things. And I thought, you know what? This is is hands down the foundation, the most essential part of, of being an entrepreneur. And I've always said that being an entrepreneur is the number one personal development program you can ever (laughs) enroll yourself in. (laughs) Oh, amen. Amen. And amen. My husband's an entrepreneur and I feel like, and I have my own business and man, oh man, if that doesn't give you opportunity after opportunity (laughs) to just kill your ego. I don't know what else. Will. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, um, humbling, humbling days, humbling days, even when you're on top, you, the, the, something's, That's you know, right. cause you are the chief bottle washer and the CEO and the toilet bowl cleaner and everything in between. So all rolled in one. Absolutely. So, so let's recap real quick. So we want to make this vision become an actionable plan. So, right. so clarity, 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 specifics by this date, I commit to have blank done. Okay. Like, specific action steps to be able to have that done, break it down, have dates for those action steps. And it has to be measurable. So whatever it is, can you measure that you've actually done it and then commit to doing it and then keep those commitments. But then if you miss the mark, offer yourself grace because shame is poop. It does nothing for you, right? Dead end, kill it and move on. That's part of being human. That's awesome. Such great wisdom from a great friend. Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a blast. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.